It's that time of the week again. It's movie time. I'm Van Comet. This is Off Screen, and this is your ultimate seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Welcome to Off Screen. I'm Van Connor. I'm joined this week by friend and fellow film critic, man I love very dearly, Mr. Calvin Prick here. Welcome to the new show. You've not been on the new show. I've not been on the new show, no. It's no. always a delight to come on. Yeah, I've not had you on here in ages. I've no. had you on, on any show it's in ages. It's been disastrously long. It's nice to be back. <laughs> nice to be back in the saddle. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Prick here, let's talk uh, this, this week then, because obviously we, uh, we've only got uh, three films to cover. So uh, we're going to talk about, uh, well, we need three films to cover. We've only got two, so we're going to talk about uh, Hobbs and Shaw again this week, because you've had the pleasure. Yeah, I am more than happy to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. How good is Hobbs and Shaw? It's a goddamn delight. It really is, isn't it? I, I, I can honestly say, if you're going to rip off Point Break, the worst that you know, the, the, the one of the best things you can do is wait 20 years and then do Tango and Cash as well. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, and if you can throw the state and the rock in there at the same time. Can I just say, by the way, they asked me for my feedback after the screening, <laughs> and I gave them the usual po- you know, faux poster quotes, yeah. you know, because you always hope that they put yeah, you in the marketing yeah, yeah, campaign. Yeah. And it wasn't until days later where I did me movies that I came up with one that I really wish I had put in there, and that was, this movie rocks and states. So I, yeah, th- that I thought that was good. Yeah. I wish I'd given it. To I would have just sent the sort of the rock hand emoji because oh, that the, pretty much yeah the rock the rock sums yeah. it up. The, the gesture. I do that all the yeah, time. Yeah. It's my, my emoji of choice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Hobbs and Shaw, which, uh, directed by David Leach, who's like royalty to you and I, because yeah. Deadpool, Deadpool, John Wick, yeah. you know, we love that dude. And he directs the hell out of it, doesn't he? It's a, it's a damn good movie. Yeah, yeah. As a... As live-action cartoons go, yeah. it's better than most of the Disney live-action <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that's not that's not entirely wrong. But uh, it is a cartoon, though, isn't it? It is yeah. a big, bombastic, Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, you have to absolutely know what you're going in and getting. Oh, no, totally, totally. I did see a thing on Twitter, though, as well, that basically said, if you're calling this dumb fun and it's okay, mm. but at the same time you smite the likes of G.I. Joe and the Rise of Cobra, <laughs> you are a hypocrite. And that is absolutely correct. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I, I mean, I love me some Rise of Cobra, but uh, not as much as I love Hobbs and Shaw, admittedly. But I do yeah. like Rise of Cobra more than the second one, actually, which stars The Rock. Yeah, but, and Bruce Willis and Bruce Willis phoning it in as GI Joe. Yeah, yeah, uh, I did like the whole fake president evil guy thing. Destro. Anyway, back to Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Idris Elba. Stay on fan, target. Yeah, big fan of Idris Elba in this movie. Oh yeah, and he's Black B- Superman. Yeah, yeah, and his BDSM suit. He's yeah. just just amazing. Yeah, which for some reason, even though it makes no sense, has yeah. a gun on the lapel. Yeah, can't figure that one out. Yeah, that is the least efficient place. <laughs> <laughs> to put the gun, but it looks cool. It does, doesn't it? It's, it is, but that's the movie, though, isn't yeah. it? The movie is, why is that there? Because it looks good. Yeah. You know, it's the Wayne's World problem. But why Why are you walking back and forth with that pane of glass? Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's for a car, in case there's a car chase. And then there's a car chase. <laughs> you know, it, it's that. Oh, our job is to stack these watermelons right here in the middle of this street. You know, it's that kind of yeah. logic. I absolutely love that. Because yeah. I think there's totally a place for that. Absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, to be honest, like, if, if they're going to do a sequel to this, though, because you know there's a mysterious villain in the background Yes, movie. there is. Not like it's not like it's just like a voice you hear yeah, now yeah, and yeah. talking to Idris yes. Elba. Uh, I want Keanu Reeves for that. That's fair. That that would be my See, dream. It sounded slightly feminine. Apparently, it's a certain actor who is in the film that we can't talk about. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the biggest name. Let's just say the biggest name. Okay. It is the biggest name who's in that movie who's not on the poster who we can't talk about because it's a spoiler. 
Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. See, my initial thought, hearing it, and this isn't mm. a spoiler because it's not revealed. Yeah. My initial thought was that I thought it was going to be post credits, and it shows up as Charlie's the wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> good. She's back for Fast Nine, though. Ah. So, so yeah, which makes sense because her story is a Fast and Furious story rather than either a Hobbs or Shaw yeah. story. Even though he seemed to make it personal at the end of Eight for some reason, <laughs> like I don't know. Because everything's personal. Yeah, well, as all... long as it's not the second movie, then yeah. this time it's personal. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all about family. Yeah. You know, I mean, I literally one BBC yesterday talk about family. <laughs> it's all about the term family from Fast and Furious. But uh, yeah, so you know, Vin Diesel's happy. He's got his franchise back. Yeah, Rock's yeah. happy. He's got his own version of Vin Diesel's franchise. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Hobson sure. So this has made. I think it's made 180 million in its opening weekend. Yeah. And that, although that's really good, especially for, you know, a quote-unquote original property. Um, it's, it's not Fast and Furious numbers. It's not Fast and Furious numbers. And the hilarious thing about that is, those numbers that Fast and Furious was making only started when Dwayne Johnson came aboard. Yeah. So they only started with the fifth one. So it's only been eight years since the Fast and Furious has been a mega franchise, because we all forget. Yeah. That, you know, back when Iron Man was being introduced and The Dark Knight was in cinemas, there was a Fast and Furious movie, and no bugger went to see it. Because it wasn't... Okay, what we, we did, think of as Fast and Furious movies didn't yeah. start until... Uh, fast 4, arguably. I mean, the mythology kind of kicked back in with 4. Did you remember the tagline for the 4? I do not. Uh, new model, original parts. Brilliant. Because I, I, I had the original cast yeah. back. That was the whole the whole thing. New model, original parts. Loved that. Great poster. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, not not a great movie though. Not amazing, but the start of this, the mythology. These films aren't about cars. These films <laughs> are about giant, overblown stunts. Oh yeah, whole different ball game when they eventually got to. Let's just do a heist movie with yeah. some driving. Yeah, which I, I have time for. I'm not gonna Fast lie, Five is still arguably the best one. Oh, Fast Five I'll, is totally I'll the best one. I'll go to bat for that. I will die yeah. on that hill. Oh, I watched it. Uh, I think it was like the day before I saw uh, Hobbs and Shaw, and then. As dumb luck would have it, I, I stopped. I, I pressed stop at the end. For some reason, by the way, the Ava Mendes post credit scene was missing from the version of Fast Five I was watching. Okay. Can't figure that one out. Also, where is Ava Mendes in this franchise? She has disappeared. Yep. But, uh, and she works with Dwayne Johnson. We've established this. Why is she not on Hobbs and Shaw? Well, Hobbs and Shaw too. She'd be good in there. Yeah. But uh, She's uh, the secret voice. Calling it. it. That would totally work. <laughs> um, so, say, I watched Fast Five. I, I went and I... I made a coffee, had a smoke, and I came back, yeah. and I, I noticed on ITV2, they were about 20 minutes into Furious 7. <laughs> <laughs> they were at the point where Jason Statham was loading up his Maserati and trying to, trying to play chicken with Vin yeah. Diesel, you know, after the Hans funeral, Which, hashtag just as far. I uh, love the blatant retconning in Hobbs and Shaw of, oh no, he was always a good guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, because we need to talk about it. We've got three minutes on the clock, so... Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Justice for Harm, mm. because I've always found the Jason Statham character in these movies, but in the last movie in particular, mm. quite difficult to work with, largely because we we were introduced to this guy murdering a hospital. Yeah. I mean, well, murdering a character we liked, and then a hospital. Yeah. Literally, the staff and patients of a hospital. He shows up, and he's the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And now he's Bucky. And there was no in between. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? There, like, there was, there was, there was no, no your mind name control. Was Sarah. No, <laughs> there was no. I need a newspaper in the shoes moment. That's yeah. what I need with Jason Statham. I've not got it. But damn. But I like the character. All I, the same, he's fine. No, you love Jason Statham. No, I like Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not forget, this is a movie in which we are asked to believe that uh, Vanessa Kirby and Jason Statham are roughly the same age. <laughs> I mean, I looked it up. I think she's thirty-one. 
Right. 31 or 32 thereabouts. And the stath is? 52. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks bloody good for 52. It doesn't look 52. It doesn't look 52. You could you could argue she's 30 and he's 40. Yeah, I mean, Jason Statham has always looked 38. <laughs> That's his permanent age. He looked 38 when he was 15. Yeah. You know, it's just Statham's look. It's like Clint Eastwood. There was never a young Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood was always 70 years old. That's how this was. Morgan Freeman was never young. No. No. Morgan Freeman came out of the womb at 40. Samuel L. Jackson didn't even bother growing hair when he was a baby. He just kept it that way because he already looked... Samuel L. Jackson is 70. I know, right? That's not right. I know he's an old dude. He's busy, too. I mean, (laughs) he never stops. Man never stops. Although his age does explain the amount of golf he plays. Yeah. yeah. Although, did you ever see that thing he uh, apparently turned around and said, Donald Trump, terrible golfer, always cheats. Yeah. Yeah. And when Sam Jackson's saying that, you know it's right. (laughs) I trust Sam Jackson. I've never met him, but I trust him a lot. I trust Sam Jackson. Maybe not on a couple of his outside of the Marvel choices, let's just say. Although I did love him in Kong Skull Island. Listen, the man loves a paycheck. The man does love a paycheck. I don't know if you, do you remember when we went through that phase where he was just in every director DVD movie that was out and every movie that, came, that hit cinemas. Yeah. Uh, although, another name should be in Hobbs and Shaw. But, oh, uh, God. Uh, by the way, is the narrator of Hobbs and Shaw, is that Kurt Russell? I don't know. Because there is a non-specific narrator at the very beginning, yes. and a non-specified narrator, and I kept thinking, is that Mr. Nobody from Fast and Furious movies? Is that Kurt Russell? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be, because it would make sense. Yeah, it would make sense. If he's like the Nick Fury of yeah. this universe. That Give, given some of the big names in Hobbs and Shaw, which we can't Can't say, talk about, yeah. But it, it wouldn't shock you, I know. No. So, uh, Hobbs and Shaw is in cinemas now, rated 12A. We both absolutely loved it. You, you were a big fan, Adored I believe. Adored it, yeah. I think you came out and said that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm here for it. Yeah. You know, which I agree with. The, verbatim, those Did words. you see IMAX? You did IMAX, didn't you? I, if you don't go on IMAX, you're not going to fit them both on the screen. Exactly. No, no, that's very true. That's very true. There's only so much bold, bold, <laughs> bold bulk that you can, yes. you can fit on the one cinema screen at one time. So, uh, we're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about some, uh, let's just say, some uh, some children's toys that have made their way to the big screen, which, uh, I don't know about you, but I've been very excited to talk about. Let's we'll go. be back after this. Welcome back to Off Screen. I'm Ben Connett. Joining me, Calvin Prickett. So, Mr. Prickett, let's uh, look at the films that are, uh, are coming our way this week. And uh, let's start with, well, you remember the Lego movie? I do, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Do you remember when the Lego movie was announced, how you, how you reacted? Incredibly cynically. Yes, as did I. So I had a very specific vision of what you know what I just assumed would be the thing they would put out for a Lego movie. Yeah. And then we got the Lego movie, and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally everything was awesome. It was this we... generation's Toy Story. Yeah. It, it kind of. There's was, no getting away from that. All right. The franchise, 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 franchise may have died ever so slightly on the vine since. <laughs> Because it turned out ain't nobody wants a Ninjago movie. But, uh, I mean, really, who was that for? And they were really adamant about making it as well. Yeah, they were. Like, yeah. Apparently it was a big thing that like, Lego one of us I argued mean, about. It. I'm not going to complain. We got the Lego Batman movie out. Yeah, the Lego Batman movie is probably the best Batman Bane movie. Bane is feeling warm and fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, the Lego Batman movie in... Uh, much the same way that I think that it's the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like that. So, the Play of the Old movie has uh, now arrived. It arrives uh, just ahead of Ug- the Ugly Dolls movie in the next few weeks as well. So, very similar kind of things. You know, stuff that's aimed at very young children. Yeah. And this movie 
is aimed at very young children. Aimed very squarely at six-year-olds. Five, five, five-year-olds, sorry. We, we discussed this at yeah, length after the film. A bunch of critics stood around arguing, who is it for? And we tried to like work out the exact age of the person. And, and we, I think we, we de-aged it. It was like, oh, it's a for a nine-year-old. No, it's not a nine-year-old. We wouldn't watch it. No, six-year-old. No, six-year-old wouldn't watch it. Like, oh, okay, five. We've gone for five. So, Playmobil. You you obviously are something of a toy expert. I am, yeah. I, I would say that uh, with, quite tragically, yeah. Yes. With, with no with no hesitation whatsoever, I would declare you a toy expert. Yeah. Playmobil is one of the world's biggest toy brands, still, I believe. Inexplicably, inexplicably, yes. and this it's it's very much a continental Europe thing, yeah. isn't it? And you get that feeling all the way <laughs> through this movie, which opens with what I can only describe as a Disney Channel musical version of the setup for Taken. In which, the, instead of Maggie Grace, you now get Anya Taylor-Joy, who's whipping a passport around, bouncing on the bed, and doing a musical number, talking about how she's going to tour the world. She ain't following you too, though, thankfully. And uh, Gabriel Bateman from the Child's Play remake is her younger brother. He plays the Liam Neeson part. And then in the middle of the musical number, there's a knock at the door. They're told their parents have been killed. <laughs> uh, flash forward four years, and this, I'll tell you, it just goes on and on. Yeah. It really does. It goes on and on. And it, it, it's terribly camp and awful and, and cloy and patronising to even a five-year-old, I think. But the idea is, it's four years later, she's kind of skipped college to be a sort of, you know, would-be single parent, effectively, to her younger brother. Uh, he just runs out in the middle of the night, happens upon the New York Toy Fair. Of course he does. And because he's mentioned it exactly twice in the previous 15 minutes, it, they get sucked into the world of Playmobil. Which then works effectively like a CBB's version of the Lego movie. I've got a clip for you that sets the tone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy, tough guy. Just looking for my brother. Marley, it's me. You look weird. Where are we? What's going on? Charlie? Yeah, Marla? You're not you. I know. I feel different. Yeah. You look different. You have a, a beard. I do! And tattoos! Tattoos? Cool. What's happening? The lighthouse, the Vikings, all of it. It's it's real! We're actually here! So this comes to us from uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Lino DiSalvo, who has worked on films such as Tangled and Frozen. He's one of those guys who was he's what he was always credited as being in the animation department. Okay. You, you know, and this is sort of his step up. And Can he step back down? It, it would probably be best that he What's did. What's happening? Yeah. It, it never... The problem with it is, if you remember what made the Lego movie so awesome, pun intended, mm. it was the fact that there did feel like there was a physical world in front of you. Yes. Playmobil tries the same trick with the animation, specifically the way faces are rendered onto plastic blocks, etc., the problem is it never looks anything other than just a cheap, maybe made for uh, made for, for an iPad game or CD. It's kind of great film. It's very weightless. It's very flavorless. It's very bland. It's very perfunctory. It's a film that also jumps all over the shop. Mm. Right, totally. It's bonkers. <laughs> like I just described to you, you know, a, a Disney Channel musical version of the setup from Taken. Yes. Then you've got the, by the way, your parents are dead, which is acted to hell, by the way. Like they had the, they had the hell out of that. And they really sell it. It's dramatic. It's got weight. You get a little misty-eyed. Mm. Then you've got Party of Five. And then uh, the New York toy scene from, from Ted. And uh, then 
you know, CBB's Lego movie. The problem is it's so totally all over the shop that by the time they introduce a, a certain primary character, and it shows, shows a lot about this movie that I don't know who plays that character, so I'm genuinely now going to look that up. Okay. Okay, it was, oh, it was Jim Gaffigan. Cool. Jim Gaffigan voices what you describe as the sort of, uh, the, the, not the Emmy, the wild style. Okay. The wild style of this movie. It's yeah. played by Jim, Gaff- Jim Gaffigan, who only serves to prove that if you slap a beard on any Playmobil human, they look like Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> they do. And then the following night, I was watching The Boys, yeah. and Haley Joel Osment turned up with a beard. And I was like, oh my god, it's Playmobil. <laughs> and, yeah, totally. Uh, but the film is so totally bizarre, to- so totally all over the shot, that at one point, when they introduced Jim Gaffigan's Haley Joel Osment character, I assumed he was a drug mule. And... I for five solid minutes I accepted this as a fact of reality and I didn't question at any point that that was odd <laughs> that tells you an awful lot about the Playmobil movie you're going to be bored to tears honestly you will fall asleep because nearly everybody in that screening did at some point I got to one of the men's room at some point I get, everybody did it was one of those you know, you know those yeah. token movies where everybody goes yeah. everybody just steps a queue out for the bathroom at some point yeah and you come back in and for the second time in my professional life, I witnessed just a sea of just completely unconscious film critics. The <laughs> only other time I've seen that was Top Cat. Wow. Top Cat Begins, I think it was. Wow. So, uh, let's talk really quickly there. Don't see it. If you've got young kids, just, just drop them off at the cinema and come back <laughs> 90 minutes later. Just stay home sorry, and watch the Lego movie. Sorry, 100 minutes later. Hundred. Call it what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's talk then about Blinded by the Light, which is out this week. This is a new movie by uh, Gorinda Chada. Mm. This made, is the Bruce Springsteen. The Bruce Springsteen one, yeah. Yeah. So Gorinda Chada made Bend It Like Beckham. And what we've got here is something kind of similar. So you've got the, uh, you know, basically not being a white British person in Britain at a specific time. In this case, 1987, Luton. Oh, which, Jesus. Yeah, which you and I know very well. Yeah. And according to this movie, Luton has not changed since 1987. No. Except there was just, I think there were more Nazis in 1987. <laughs> so, right, so this stars uh, Vivek Kyra as, uh, as a young boy who... He's, he's in sixth form. He's trying to he want, he's trying to pursue a career in writing. That's his dream. He's trying to find his voice. He writes lyrics for his childhood best friend. And he's introduced by a new friend to the work of Bruce Springsteen, which literally, like you say, the, t- the title is Blinded by the Light. This is him seeing the light. He discovers himself. And it, uh, it leads to a, a friendship between him and his new English teacher, played by a ginger, 1980s, period-specific Hayley Atwell. And yeah, I know, I know, I know. And yes, as great as you think. She, honestly, she's she's wonderful in this. She's delightful. And I just want her to be the teacher in everything. I just now. want her to be in more things. Yeah, there is that. I mean, is she not now just like a, a sort of cooler Anna Friel? I mean, I've always called her that, but... All I want is a live-action Thunderbirds movie with Hayley Atwell as Lady Penelope. Sold, sold, done. Yeah, I, I, I would see that, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a clip of, uh, of our young man being dropped off at school by his uh, religious, very culturally tunnel-visioned father. Uh, the tone for this is just great. First day, start at the top and stay there. Study hard, so you don't have to work in a factory like me all your life. Yes, Dad. If you want to succeed... Look for the Jews in your class. Do what the Jews do. They're very successful people. I think that's a bit racist, Dad. It's the truth. Oh, hey! Hey, you're here to study, okay? I'll find your wife in good time. You leave that to me. And remember, stay away from the girls. Follow the Jews! 
God, I thought my dad was embarrassing at all school. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Colvin de Geer and uh, Vivek Kalra uh, there, and uh, it's a great relationship. The film plays, for, for all intents and purposes, kind of like Sing Street meets Easter's East. Uh, I was a very big fan of it. I loved it from end to end. There was stuff in there that was personal to me. There's, there's certain racial things in there that I, I, I found a little kinship in. Yeah. But, uh, but I tell you, I, I laughed, I cried, I cheered. When the movie was over, I was punching the air. I thought it was a genuinely wonderful film. I think this might be one of my favourite films of the year. It's Which naturally means no one's going to see oh, it. Oh, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's going to see it because it's good. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Your Hobbs and Shaw needs more money. That's what it is. Um, for my money, infinitely better than Bend It Like Beckham. I feel like this has... I, I say in that way that I think Sing Street is an unappreciated gem. I think this has that going for it as well. This will be an unappreciated gem. And make no mistake, though, it absolutely is a gem. Um, just the music in it. I didn't know going in that I knew as much by Springsteen as I did. Yeah. It's, he's clearly one of those artists where actually there are at least ten more tracks that you don't know are by Bruce Springsteen originally. I lived with an American girl for a year. She, oh, she, did, yeah. she did an English paper on Bruce Springsteen. He was playing all the time, and I okay. know so many of his songs. <laughs> it's unreal. And the worst, thing Scala, is, huh? the worst thing is I like so many of them. I don't know, right? So, uh, Blinded by the Light, which is uh, in cinemas uh, this Friday, which is the 9th. That's rated 15. Playmobil is rated U for very, very good reason. Uh, <laughs> maybe drop the kids off at the screen that's showing Playmobil. You just go and see Blinded by the Light. Trust me, it, it's best for all concerned. We want to give a shout-out to our friends at Runway East, where we record this show. They're on a mission to provide the world's best office space for startup teams, and, well, they're doing pretty damn well at it. I'm partial to the roof garden myself. Uh, they're in London Bridge, Soho, Moorgate, very zen places to work. Give them a peep at runwayea.st. That's runwayea.st. And we're back, and we're talking movies on TV. So, Mr. Prickett, let's uh, let's have a look at the next seven days of freeview-friendly uh, filmic fun. Let's start with a movie that I think we all love. <laughs> really, this is this is I think this is one of those movies that we've just accepted now is rubbish, but we all love it. Yes. And for my money, is the second best Hollywood shark movie after Jaws and Head of the Meg. Oh, oh, and. I don't know, is The Shallows 3 or is The Meg 3? I don't know. We'll, we'll debate that another time. I am, of course, talking about a film that I'm not even going to play a clip from. I'm simply going to let LL Cool J do it for me. How terrible was it? I love that. Every single time I hear that, I laugh. I oh, no, me it. too. I mean, have you ever listened to the lyrics of that theme yes. song? It is insane. It's what script was he reading? <laughs> Did he think he was the shark? <laughs> like, it's the only thing that explains that theme song, yeah. is if LL Cool J thinks that he was hired to play the shark. Which would have been an amazing... If anyone wants to fund that yeah. film where LL Cool J... Uh, absolutely. Also, fun fact, he gave himself that nickname. That is oh no, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his name is Ladies Love Cool James. Yeah, yeah. I totally know that. Yeah, he he, he says it's the nickname he got at school. Which you know, I, I stand with Ed Byrne because I want to have gone to that school. <laughs> like I want to go to the school where the, the kids bully each other by calling you Ladies Love Cool James. <laughs> really, really, Jimmy, really. <laughs> so Deep Blue Sea is on. Uh, it's on the Five Spike, nine p.m. on uh, Saturday. It is 
unmissable stuff, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. It still has one of the best shock deaths in mainstream cinema to this day, complete with really rubbish special effects in the process. Naturally. But a great moment. Um, it is everything you want from a, a, a schlocky Jaws knockoff, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, big fan, big fan. Yeah. So, uh, Sunday night, I'm guessing you wouldn't have seen this one. No. Right. A Shane Black movie from, I think, uh, 95, 96, starring Gina Davis, back okay. when she was still in movies, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, when he was starting to get in the movies, <laughs> and Craig Bierko, who for some reason was allowed on this one instance to be in a movie. So, <laughs> it's the long kiss goodnight on the Paramount Channel at 5 past 10 on Sunday night. If you've never seen this, it's awesome. It is really, really funny, really, really sick, really, really violent. Just really, really dark. So, in other words, it's a Shane Black movie. Yeah, yeah. So, Gina Davis is a housewife who uh, one day who has a mysterious past. Can't remember where she came from. Has a car accident and then instantly remembers. Oh, hang on a minute. I'm a master assassin. Yeah, and she's like a you know married suburban mum with a kid. She teams up with a private eye, played by Samuel L. Jackson, right about the point that assassins start coming out of the woodwork to kill her. This is this is genuinely her being taken into an alley to be killed. She's been separated by, from Samuel L. Jackson, and a rival assassin has taken her into an alleyway. This is how that goes down. So Perkins wants me dead, huh? What's the rush? Why don't you just go away and come back at midnight? Shoo! Hey, honey, this is a real big gun. This ain't no ham on rat, pal. What the hell are you doing? Saving your life. I would have been here sooner, but I was thinking of that ham on rat line. You think I can't take him? Now you probably scared the other ones away. What up? Headhunters, Nimrod. They don't travel alone. You're always this stupid. Did you take lessons? I took lessons. Hey, what? what? I still got this gun. <laughs> Such a great movie. Yeah, that sounds like a shame. Black and can I just tell you an amazing line of dialogue from this movie? And mm-hmm. this is not not aged well. This line, okay. obviously, there is a moment in which the bad guy is told, "Oh, yeah, he freaked out because he saw something on TV, like something something horrible on TV last night." Referring to Gina Davis, and the bad guy, Craig Bierka, says, "We all did. It was called Baywatch Nights." <laughs> And remember Baywatch? That was a thing. Okay, Monday night. I know you've been looking forward to talking about oh, yes. this one because I made you oh. watch this two days ago. So, film four, four p four forty p.m. Okay, it was on the middle of the day, which is an awesome movie for the middle of the day. Yeah. It's Congo, ladies and gentlemen. Oh wow, do I love Congo! So, please tell me very succinctly what the plot of Congo is, Calvin. Congo is essentially about a expedition to the jungle to take a talking ape yep. named yep, Amy. A, yep, a talking ape named Amy. Back yep. to the jungle, uh-huh. where they discover that maybe she's not the most intelligent ape around. But really, that's how you interpreted this movie. <laughs> they find the. It's all about. It's all about the lost city of Zinge. Zinge, which is Zinge. Salt. Zinge. You have to say it in the. I tell you what. Hang on. It's about the lost city of Zinge and evil killer monkeys and diamonds and lasers. This is all based on, on, a, on a, a monkey named Amy who's got like a, virtu- a, 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 a sensor on her arms so that when she does sign language, she talks. And she only does two actions, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah, she, only, she only moves her arms two ways, but she yeah. can speak the entire English, English language. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ugly, word man. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, Amy, tickle. <laughs> tickle off me, tickle me. So, but I've got the best moment from the entirety of Congo right here for you because I know you want to relive this. Mr. Homoka. Well, stop eating my sesame cake. Stop eating my sesame cake! Delroy Lindo there and Tim Curry. 
Um, obviously, I kept it from you that in the very opening of this film, Bruce Campbell appears. Who is one of my favourite actors of all time. He's everyone's favourite actor of all time. Goddamn Bruce Campbell. It's either Bruce Campbell and Nathan Fillion, isn't it? His, his chinliness, the Sultan of Schlock. <laughs> How many of his books do you own? Right, Congo. Uh, it's a really ropey and awful movie. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible, but it's, it's awful, so much but fun. It's to so sit, much fun. So sit and watch and make fun of. And I say you've got Delroy Lindo, Ernie Hudson, Tim Curry, uh, uh, Dylan Walsh from uh, Nip Tuck and the Stepfather remake. Uh, did I say Laura Lindy? Yeah. Uh, just uh, Joe Pantaliano, Joey Pants shows up. You know, it's a it's a really fun little schlocky... Oh, Joe Don Baker as well, don't forget. And uh, it's terrible. It's the first movie I ever went and saw like with my friends when I was a kid at the cinema. Um, it was a really awful attempt to try and replicate the success of Jurassic Park. God knows what they were thinking. Um, but, uh, do see it. Though. Watch it for Ernie Hudson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Some of the greatest oh. lines in cinema. But he's got that sort of that African-British accent, yes. hasn't he? Yeah. But, uh, I'm, I'm your great white hunter, except, but I happen uh, to be black. Yeah, but I happen to be black, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing in that movie. Anyway, okay, so let's move on to uh, Tuesday Film 4, 6.55. Volcano. You must, you must have seen this yeah. a dozen times. It's one of those ones that got shown on Channel 4 all the time when <laughs> I was a kid. It? Yeah. Um, Volcano, I remember the War of the Volcano movies of 1997. Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen some things, man. Like when Volcano went up against Dante's Peak, <laughs> and then we had to deal with Deep Impact and Armageddon the following year. Man, those were tough times. You picked a side and you stuck with it. Um, I was a Volcano guy, and I'm really glad I was. It's a great movie. It, it is of its time. It's a brilliant 90s disaster movie. And it's one of the only times that Tommy Lee Jones really works in a popcorn as the hero of a popcorn feature. Also, remember when they would let Anne Heche be the female lead and things? <laughs> Taste geological event to hit a million gallons of water in three hours. Oh my god. Okay, so let's move on to uh, Poltergeist, which is on Wednesday night on Five Star. This is the 2015 version, I should yeah. stress, not the, the, the good one, not the good original. This is the meh, pretty okay Sam Rockwell remake, which is creepy. Yeah, it does work, it's creepy. Uh, it's not awful. It's not anywhere near as good as the original Toby Hooper version, uh, slash Spielberg, depending on who you ask. But, uh, you know, it, it's a decent, you know, run around the block. It's fine if you're doing nothing else. Exactly. Thursday night, though. Film 4, 9pm. One of my favourite movies of all time. One of the great Leonardo DiCaprio performances. Yeah, and also one of the great Jonah Hill performances oh, as well. Absolutely. So, uh, it's The Wolf of Wall Street. And it, it just comes up on this show a lot, The Wolf of Wall Street, because I'll never stop recommending that everyone watches The Wolf of Wall Street, um, which is about, you know, Jordan Belfort, the world's most corrupt stockbroker, <laughs> who um, was, you know, he, he fleeced everybody alive and then got to sell pens in conferences. Yeah. So uh, I tell you what, here's a clip of him, John Bernthal, and Jonah Hill strapping money to a Swiss woman. What about her family, right? I mean, they all got Swiss passports, right? I mean, she's got parents, she's got a brother, right? Brother's got a wife, that's five people. Six, seven trips, boom. They're all Swiss nitwits like her, they'll do it. Hey, hey, uh, uh don't forget about my money. I'm sorry, what's that? Hey, I forgot to tell you, he's got some, he's got some I'm, money. I got a couple mil coming in like a week. Yeah. And when it gets in, I'll give you a call, you come pick it up. You give me a call. When it gets here, I'll give you a call and you'll come pick it up. Well, we don't work for you, man. Shh, 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 shh. We don't. You have my money taped here. Boost. Okay, technically you do work for me. I love, by the way, that, that they actually did edit that clip. Like, before they released it, they edited the clip for the word boops. 
which just does not sound natural at all. <laughs> um, Wolf of Wall Street, what's left to say on it? I love it. It's one of my favourite Scorsese movies. My favourite of all time, by the way, Cape Fear remake. Um, but yeah, film four, 9pm. If that seems like it's too early given its content, it's because the movie is about four days long. <laughs> and they need it over by midnight. <laughs> I mean, it would be, it'd be uh, 9 till 12 just without adverts, wouldn't it? Yeah. Three, hours, three hours long. Something like that. But yeah, so, okay, one last one to uh, take us to the end of the week. Friday night, ITV2, 9pm, Bridesmaids. One of the funniest movies of this decade, I yeah. think. The movie that made Melissa McCarthy an overnight star. Yeah. Uh, for which we should all be eternally grateful, because we got Jason Statham doing comedy out of it, thanks to Spy. So, <laughs> boom, we brought all this full circle. And there it is. So that's seven movies for seven days, for seven brides, for seven brothers, which isn't one of the seven movies. We'll be back with some DVDs and streaming. And we're back, and this time we're taking it to the couch. So, shiny discs. Let's talk shiny discs, Mr. Prickett. <laughs> so, film's coming our way this next week, which is going to be uh, Monday, August the 12th. So mm-hmm. your DVD releases for this week, because DVDs always appear on Mondays, naturally. Uh, let's talk then. Shazam. God, I love this film. I know. First DCEU movie I have genuinely enjoyed end-to-end. Mm. Didn't like the end of the last third of Wonder Woman. Thought Aquaman sucked. <laughs> And See, I, I like Aquaman more than you do, but I can get on its level. I'd rather been waterboarded. That's. <laughs> I'd rather been drowned, fittingly, <laughs> than than watch Aquaman. I thought it was so dull. I thought it was delightfully stupid, so I was fine with it. It's the kind of film which takes pains to absolutely make sure you're aware that there's an octopus playing the drums. Yes, yes, it's so. I mean, aside from that little thing. I mean, my personal favourite moment of Aquaman was when he turned to the well, turns to when Jason Momoa turns to Amber Heard. I, said, I was going to say turns to the female lead. Like, <laughs> Amber Heard, just say Amber Heard. Um, when he turns to Amber Heard, says, "By the way, what's your name?" And you're like, "Dude, not only have you spent half of this movie with this person, she was in two other movies before this that you filmed stuff with, so we know they've met one." Justice League. Just Justice League. Just okay, Justice so League. one other movie. Yeah. In which it was established you knew her. I mean, really? All this time. Never mind. Not the point. Anyway. So Shazam's brilliant. Yes, Shazam's yeah. amazing. Zach Levi, who I turned down a signing with Jack, Zach Levi when I was in New York. That is wrong. I, I turned it down you're to wrong. go on the NBC tour. No, you're which wrong. Which I adored. Look at me. Yeah, I know, I know, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. I'm Thank sorry. you. I'm sorry. I'm, I failed. It's good. I'm sorry. So it's all good. We cuddle? We cuddle? Yeah. yeah okay, he's so right. good in this film. He's great, isn't it? It's the, the ridiculous padded muscles. Yeah. He's just got that lantern jaw thing down. But he's still likeable and, and animated uh, in that way that he kind of was in Chuck. Yeah. But I don't know how Zach Levi is not a bigger star. I thought he should have exploded popularity-wise after Tangled. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully it'll be this. Uh, Shazam. So, very fun movie about Billy Batson, a... Uh, Teenage orphan who's in a foster home who you know gets imbued with the powers of a wizard, which happens to give him the strength of Solomon, Hercules, all all the, the wisdom it, of Solomon, strength of Hercules, something like that. And they all spell Shazam yeah. when he says Achilles, Zeus, something, something, something like Mercury yeah. is one, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, when he says Shazam, of course, there is lightning from the sky. He explodes into a full-grown adult superhero man. He turns into Captain Marvel. Copyright lapsed. So. <laughs> he does, yeah, he does. I tell you, what, we've got a clip of him figuring out not how to switch that power on, but how to switch it off. Hey, covering your mouth if you're gonna kidnap her is not gonna make her less scared, okay? Oh, darling, it's me, it's Billy. I know I don't look like me. A wizard made me look Maybe like Maybe don't this. start with the wizard, it's just gonna make her more confused. Some old guy brought me to a temple and he made me say Shazam. Rosa! Verbally triggered body manipulation properties? You can switch by saying Shazam! 
Listen to me, Darla. You cannot tell anybody about this, all right? But it's Billy. He's a hero. Yeah, but if a supervillain finds out that he's a hero, that endangers us, okay? A hero's loved ones are like the perfect bad guy target. Is she even good at keeping secrets? Moderate. No. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's got real charm to it. Real it charm. Yeah. Real heart. Yeah. Uh, the stuff with his fellow, his, his sort of adopted family, I thought was absolutely tremendous. Yeah. The, uh, the, 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 the it's, what, it's pitched perfectly. It's just so, so charming. It really so is. It's so heartfelt. Uh, it is. It's, in many ways, it's kind of the perfect comic book movie. It yeah. is everything that this entire genre should be. It is somehow a better Superman film than Man of Steel. Imagine that. Yeah, it turns out that if you actually set these things in daylight and use Technicolor, they actually are amusing and entertaining. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> uh, big shout out for uh, Jack Dylan Grazer yes. in this movie. Steals the show. He does steal the show. He steals the show in everything, though. I'm a big fan of this kid. Mm. I was a fan of him in It. Yes. I was a fan of him in It's Called Me, Myself and I. When he plays the younger iteration of a character that Bobby Moynihan and John Larroquette then play simultaneously. Um, really, really great movie. And Mark Strong is the villain as well. Just because of it. And also Finally I'm, getting redeemed after Green Lantern. Yeah, he finally got a DC villain yeah. that works, yeah. Um, also, just how dark and nasty does this get? There briefly? is one scene in a boardroom yeah, that's... which would have terrified me as a six-year-old. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, it, it's Ghostbusters in the fridge stuff, yes. isn't it? Yeah. So let's talk then about Pet Cemetery, which got remade this year. It's DVD this week as well. Um, new version of the uh, the Stephen King uh, story. This one, I think, does take more cues from the live-action adaptation than it does the original novel. Shuffles a couple of details around specifically as regards which child dies. But the plot, if you're not... Have you ever seen Pet Cemetery? Yes. Right, so well, I, I, my girlfriend has read the book. She has, yes. We, did, we had this discussion. And I've seen we? bits of the original. Aha. Well, in the new version, as a same plot, it's, uh, you know, a doctor moves to small town. It's going to be Maine, isn't it? Because it's a Stephen it's King story. Maine. It's always bloody Maine. <laughs> Anyone seen Steve? He's in Maine. Anyway, uh... He moves into this quiet country house to get away from the city. Happens to be on a busy road because that's not the foreboding at all. Um, there's a pet cemetery in the in the forest behind their house where if you bury a dead pet, they will come back to life. When the family daughter, when the family's daughter is then killed in a, a tragic accident on a busy road because nobody saw that coming. Um, I mean, could install mirrors. It doesn't make any sense. It's just a fence. He's man. a doctor. This film could have been solved with a fence. You could, yeah. Could literally, you could solve this movie with a speed bump. <laughs> <laughs> no. Although technically, that's well, that's of, what the girl became. That's what the girl became. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it, 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 he buries the daughter who comes back wrong because, of course, she does. It's a, it's a Stephen King. Yeah. Here's a clip of how that goes. It's quiet. I wasn't ready to say goodbye to her. She's scaring me. Just tell me what you're talking about. It's my fault. She died. I had to bring her back. There's a place rage deep in the woods, beyond the pet cemetery. It brings things back. Are you happy, mommy? So yeah, Jason Clark there, because nothing says lively, lively live action adaptation than, than than Jason Clark. Did you ever see that bit of forgetting Sarah Marshall where they just talk about ominous tones? Yes, 
Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of the, the ominous tones thing. I've used it for years. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I see what you mean there as well with the ominous. Very much it is one of those movies as well. Um, it is kind of cheap and cheerful. The only reason to remake this movie seems to have been because John Lithgow being in it would be awesome. And John Lithgow being in it is awesome. But the rest of the movie is... It's, it's a by-the-numbers retread. If you've not seen our version of Pet Cemetery, see it by all means, and you, you'll enjoy it. If you've seen Pet Cemetery before, then you're not going to get anything new out of this. It's, no. it's your standard off-the-rack remake. It's like an Amityville, like the Amityville remake that Ryan Reynolds was in, for instance. Oh Same God. movie, it's just... We've just updated the visuals a little bit. Yeah. You know... So let's talk about uh, <laughs> let's God. talk about being of our time, shall we? And go over to streaming to look at a film that's uh, appearing on Netflix next Friday, which is the sixteenth. Let's talk about the new opus from Mr. Marlon Wayans. Yeah, he's really making a go with this Netflix thing, huh? Yeah. So on the back of Naked, he has brought us Sex Tuplets, which is for people for whom the Medea franchise is too highbrow. I agree entirely. This is literally... I mean, there's no plot to this, other than he does, he's an adopted guy who discovers he has... He's an orphan who discovers he actually has six siblings. Six siblings? Seven. Seven siblings. Six. Seven? Sex topics would be seven so siblings seven, altogether. So he, so he would have six. Yeah, he has yeah. six siblings. Um, and they're all played by Marlon Wayans, and they're all yeah. parodies. Yeah. You said it's just Norbit, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's just, just Norbit. Norbit. I mean, it looks abysmal. It looks awful. There's it, a, there's a, well, it's just the laziest stereotype. There's a oh. fat one, there's a nerdy one, there's a girl one. There's a, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a sort of pimp one, yeah. you know, who's like a wheeler dealer with a, you know, who's, who's balding. And it, it, it's, it's very by the numbers Marlon Wayans shtick, isn't it? I never thought I'd say this, but I almost missed the wit and insight of Little Man. <laughs> and that is really saying something. So yes, the sex sex topless, which looks awful, but I'm sure it's just going to be one of those so bad you have to see it movies. Yeah, rather um, like Naked was. If or, you're or on, Little Man, if you're on Netflix, there are infinitely more better things you could watch. Well, yes, just right there. There's just, that fireplace. Just move the cursor to the right. <laughs> just. Hey, look, I'm all about Hassan Minaj. That's, that's it for me. That's my Netflix title of choice. Is any episode of Patreon. But I may introduce you to that, didn't I? Yes, you did, yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. So, right, so yeah, so Sex Tuplets, Marlon Wayans, Netflix, Friday the 16th. Enter at your peril. I mean, I'll watch it. I got I gots to know. I gots to know, sir. Good grief, you have too much time on your hands. <laughs> I do, I do indeed. So, uh, that just gives me time to uh, thank Mr. Prickett for joining me this week. Calvin Prickett, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, join us next week when Mr. Tarantino's back, did you know? Ooh. Yeah, and this time he's taken it to Hollywood. Uh, we've also got uh, the live-action debut of Dora the Explorer next week in the Lost. Is it the Lost City of Gold? Or was it? I was just the Lost City. I Dora cannot and the Lost tell City. you how little we can. Well, I mean, it's not like you. Not like you have to write a lengthy review critiquing the sexuality of the God, no, child's no, no. character depicted. I mean, well, I'm not a 70 year old writer for Hollywood. Before. Exactly. What kind of maniac would do that? That is insane, by the way. Uh, let's see what else we got next week. Good Boys is next week, uh, which I had the pleasure of seeing last night. It is not embargoed, so I am allowed to say that it's pretty decent. Oh, good. It's, it's, it's what you expect, yeah. but it's pretty decent. And the rest of it, you'll love it. You know, yeah. you'll remember being 13, yeah. being 12, 13. Um, just got, I was literally texting all friends. It's like, you've got to see this movie. This was us as kids. Absolutely great. Yes, I was the, the little. You know, I, I was How the, many husbands does she have? I know. 
So, uh, yeah, so, Mr. Brigitte, thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, some Tarantino, some Good Boys, some Dora, some fun. In the meanwhile, this has been Off Screen. I've been Van Connor, and we shall be back.